Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to Romans chapter 15, verse 13? Over the next few weeks, we are just pursuing the theme, the gift. And I'm so looking forward, John McLennan, to our Christmas presentation on the 8th of December. I I heard Maggie has organized a 30 voice. Oh, that's a secret? Secrets. We're going to have surprises. Surprises. And so get ready for Maggie's surprise. You need to come on the 8th. But it's awesome. And uh, and Anne and I love a choir. So um, that's a secret, incidentally. Anyway. So don't, now actually tell people. <laughs> because it's going to be awesome. Absolutely awesome. John and the team are putting together an incredible presentation. And, and John and Janine do such amazing work for us. They really do. Just amazing contributors. Amazing contributors. So uh, the theme of today is Jesus, the gift of hope, the gift of hope. So let's read Romans 15, 13. It says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My uncle Giovanni turned to me and looked at me and said, Domanda al dottore se c'è speranza. So, for many years, I've been the official family translator. I think since I was about nine years of age, I would literally go with my relatives to translate for them because I'm bilingual. And for me, this one was one of the hardest ones that I ever had to do. My uncle Giovanni asked the question, ask the doctor if there's any hope. His wife, my auntie Rosina, had just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And in those days, there was no cure for pancreatic cancer. And so he asked me, ask the doctor, is there any hope? And when the doctor answered, it was, we have no cure for pancreatic cancer, and I still remember his face turning gray when I said to him, there is no hope for your wife. But you know what? That was the doctor's physical diagnosis. But it wasn't God's last word for my auntie. So, yes, the pancreatic cancer did do incredible damage to her body. But she was lying in the hospital bed, unconscious and conscious, going in and out of consciousness right towards the end of her life. And my mother tells the story that she was in the room with her sister-in-law. All of a sudden, my, my auntie wakes up from a coma. And she looks around the room and my auntie was there. 
And my auntie and my mother was there. And my auntie says, I can see the angels. I can see the angels. And there's Jesus. Jesus is coming. And that were the last words that my auntie spoke before she went into glory. I want to say to you this morning that God has the last word when it comes to hope. That you might be in a situation right now where you've been diagnosed with no hope, but that's not the last word. Because the Bible is clear that Jesus is our hope. He is the answer to hope. I want to make it really clear that life without hope opens doors to the most negative of all emotions. People without hope are in depression, anxiety, fear, cynicism, suicide, anger, frustration, desperation. You name any negative emotion and it's connected with a sense of hopelessness, a sense of there's no hope, there's no future. But the message of Christ is, There is hope. There is a future. There is hope. Matter of fact, in 1 Peter 1, verse 3, Jesus is given the title, the one who gives living hope. And today, the message of Christmas is Jesus is the gift of hope. I love love the fact that wherever Jesus went, he brought hope. Wherever he went, he was the bringer of hope. Some of the stories in the Bible of Jesus bringing hope is just so emotional. In Luke chapter 7, verses 11 to 17, is the story of Jesus going to a little town called Nain. And as he walks into this town, there's a funeral procession. And the funeral procession is a really sad story because there's a widow who's leading the procession. And and, and this widow had already lost her husband and only had one son left, and now this one son had died as well. And so here's this lady that had lost her husband and lost her son, and in those days there was no social security. Your family were your social security. And so if you had a son, he was your social security. He was the one who would look after your future. And so she lost her husband, she lost her son, and she was looking into a future with no hope. But Jesus turns up. I love this. Jesus turns up. And he turns up the bringer of hope. And, 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 and you know how the story ends. He prays for the boy. And, and this young man gets resurrected. And not only is there life in the son, but there's hope in the woman. And I love that, that so often we, we just look at the fact that he got raised from the dead without looking at the fact that her hope was restored. Jesus was the restorer of hope. I, I, I love the story in Mark chapter 10, where Jesus is going through the town of Jericho. And on the side of the road, there's a blind beggar called Bartimaeus. And he had no hope for his future. He was blind. He couldn't work. And all he did was beg. But then he heard. Someone said to him, he asked, what's this commotion? And someone said, Jesus is here. And so as soon as he heard Jesus was here, he said, he's the only restorer of hope that I know. 
And so he started to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You're the only one who can give me hope. I don't have hope without you. You can do a miracle. You can change my destiny. You can change my situation. People try to shut him down. Stay in your hopeless situation. Shut him down. There is no hope for you, Bartimaeus. You're blind. You're a beggar. That's your lot in life. Stay there. But Bartimaeus didn't want to stay in his hopeless situation. And so he could have succumbed to the pressure of the people around him. And I'm going to tell you right now, there will be people around you that would want to force you to succumb to their ideologies. There are some people that think the greatest encouragement for you is don't have any hope. Stay in your hopeless situation. And they kind of figure that that's encouragement. How in the world... Can that be encouragement to say to someone, stay the way you are. Don't even think about your situation changing. I want to say to you emphatically today that Jesus has the last word. And if you've not heard the last word from him, do not settle for anybody else's last word because they do not have the power that Jesus has. And so he's Bartimaeus, not succumbing to the peer group pressure. Shut up. Be quiet. Settle. Settle. Accept your lot in life. Accept the diagnosis. Accept what's been spoken over your life. He cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In other words, you have the solution to my hopeless situation. And I'm not shutting down. I'm stepping out, crying out to you. And I love, I love how the story finishes. Bring him to me. Wow. And you know what Bartimaeus did? As soon as, soon as Jesus says, bring him to me, he immediately stepped out in faith. He took off his beggar's robe. In those days, beggars had a special robe to, to define them as beggars. He took off that beggar's robe, that garment. He left it alone. Why is that? Because he realized that Jesus was going to turn his situation around. Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? He says, I want to receive my sight. I, I, I don't want to beg for the rest of my life. I don't want to be someone that, that, that just puts up with handouts for the rest of my life. I want my destiny to change. I want to be able to see. I want to be able to do something with my life rather than beg. And Jesus spoke to him and said, be it done to you as you desire. Prayed for him. Bartimaeus got healed, turned around. And I want to say to you that church history tells us that Bartimaeus became one of the pillars of the church in, in, that, in Israel at that time. God turned him around and he got hope. He moved forward. He grabbed hold of it and everything turned around. I love that. Kingdom churches give people hope. We are surrounded by people in hopeless situations. We are surrounded by people and they come here on a regular basis. You watch them and their eyes are empty. They're just looking for a handout. But you know what I love? And Kay will testify to this. 
that we get testimonies of people saying, thank you so much for your help, but I now no longer need it. My situation has turned around. Hallelujah. I love that. I love that. You know, last night I was talking to someone at our table, and, um, and he was saying to me that in, during the global financial crisis back 2000 and what was seven, eight, nine, he was homeless. He was living on the streets, living on the streets, hopeless in so many situations. But you know what? God grabbed hold of his life now. Now he's got a home, he's got a wife, he's got a baby, he's got a business, he's got a car. His whole situation has turned around. And, and he acknowledges that Jesus is the one that turned things around for him. And I want to say to you today that we, whatever your situation is, do not lose hope because Jesus is the giver of hope. And we as kingdom church, come on, if you're going to clap. <laughs> he is the giver of hope. I love that. And so that's why as a kingdom church, we want to do that. We want to give people hope. And so we, we take it seriously about feeding the hungry. Matthew 25, verses 35 to 36, the Bible tells us that we'll be judged in the last days on how we fed the hungry, how we gave drink to the thirsty, how we looked after the homeless, how we looked after orphans and widows. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in James chapter 2 that pure and undefiled religion is looking after the orphans and the widows. And then Psalm 82 verse 13 talks, us, talks to us about defending the poor and the fatherless and doing justice to the afflicted and the needy. It's looking after people that are defenseless and weak and we who are strong, having responsibility to look after the weak and the defenseless. You know, one of the things that I'm looking forward to next year is increasing our reach to help the defenseless. One, one of the things that we do as well that you might not know about is that we actually work with a women's refuge for that, that protect women that have been exposed to domestic violence. And, uh, and we, we, we are sworn to secrecy because we can't say where the safe houses are. But our people are in there and they supply gifts and they supply help. And, and people like Jane uh, goes in there and teaches them how to do art. And we, we are just so involved in the community. And it's one of those things that we can't really talk too much about because we have to protect people's privacy. But we, we, we want to look after those that can't look after themselves. We want to defend those who can't defend themselves. It's part of our calling and it's part of us giving hope to people that have lost hope physically, doing something physically. James says it's not enough to say, say, be warm, be fed, we'll pray for you, go your way. How can you do that and not reach out your hand and pull out of your pocket something and pull out of your heart something and say, come on, let's do something physically to give you hope. And that's exactly what is happening over this Christmas. We might be the only people that would give a child a gift and without us, they would, be, they would not have a gift. And, and can you understand that sometimes just a small gift gives hope that there's good people in the world, that there's people that actually love and care and are actually able to do something? Kingdom churches give hope physically, 
but also spiritually. And I love the fact that spiritually, we can give people hope. And this morning, I want to give you some spiritual hope. Maybe some of you have come here today and your situation looks hopeless. The word of the Lord to you is this. The last word has not been spoken over your life, over your situation. The God of hope is for you. And if he be for you, who can be against you? Your situation might look bad now. But it's not your destiny forever. God is the one who can change. God is the one who can change your situation, who can break into your story and turn it around. I want to declare to you today, your story is not over until God says it is. A chapter may be over, but your story continues. And I want to say that some chapters need to be over. Some chapters need to be finished. And some of you might be coming to the end of this year saying, thank God this year is over. It's been the worst year of my life. It's okay. It's coming to an end. But it's not the end of your story. God is going to turn things around. God is going to use that which is evil and turn it into good. God is going to use that which was destructive in your life and make it constructive because He is the one who works all things together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. I'm just getting a little bit excited today. He will make a way where there is no way. Come on, Sean, you can come up and start playing. He'll make a way where there is no way. He'll make a way where there is no way. I love that song, Waymaker. We're going to sing it in a few moments' time. He's going to make a way. Isaiah 43 verse 19 says, He's going to make roads in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I want to prophesy over you. He's going to make roads in the wilderness, those dry and dusty places that's, that seemed like your prison. God's going to make a road through it. Those dry and dusty places that made you feel so desolate. God's going to provide rivers. God is the God of the turnaround. I want you to put your hand on your heart and say, God is the God of the turnaround. Oh, come on, say it with faith. God is the God of the turnaround. He's going to turn your situation around. This is what he's promised in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you right now feel forsaken, but the word of the Lord to you is he will never leave you nor forsake you. He's the one who will walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you. The problem is this, that many times when we go through that valley of shadows, it's dark and we can't see. And that's where we've got to rely that God promised that he won't leave us nor forsake us. He's there in the shadow. I can still remember as a little kid, just a little kid in church, being so moved by this chorus that we used to sing. I, I don't know why I was moved by it, but every time we'd sing it, I'd start to cry as a little kid. The song went something like this, standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. Do you remember that, sweetheart? He's the one who always cares and understands. I don't know what it was in my life at that time. Just those words. He's the one who always cares and understands. And even though I might felt in a dark place, he was standing there, never leaving me nor forsaking me. And you know, maybe, maybe some of you today are in a dark place. Maybe some of you are in a dark valley. 
Maybe some of you are looking into your future and you can't see anything. All you see is darkness. But I want to prophesy into your life that Jesus, the God of hope, is there. He's going to turn your situation around. He's going to bring light into the darkness. Your story is not over. It might look grim now, but you've gone through lots of grim scenarios before. You think when you look back over your life, how many times it's looked grim. God's turned it around. He's not going to abandon you halfway. He's going to see you through today. He's the gift of hope. He's the gift of hope. He's the gift of hope. I want to speak it into your spirit. He's the gift of hope. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you hope. He will turn things around. He will bring you through. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You might feel like you're in the shadows, but He's coming. He is the hope of the world. He is the hope of your life. Let me finish this morning by saying this. He wants to give hope to all the pain and shame of your past. How does he do that? By forgiving you. Some of you are looking back over your past and there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of shame and there's nothing you can do. And everybody tells you, well, you, what you got to do is good. And if your good overcomes your bad... Well, when there's pain and shame, how much good do you need to do to overcome the bad? It's like it never stops. But here it is. You bring all of your junk, all of your shame, all of your pain to the foot of the cross. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin. It just wipes it all out. Never ever to be remembered. I'm telling you, the only solution to the pain and shame of your past is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. And that's why the devil hates that statement, the blood of Jesus Christ, because it is able to wash away your sins. It is able to cleanse you from unrighteousness. And I declare right now in the name of Jesus that whatever pain and shame you feel from your past that creates hopelessness in your present, he wants to wipe away from you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.